When the tide rushes in and you feel at home again, there's a peace that purifies your soul. Though you never really know just which way the wind will blow, but I'm sure that I must sail away. Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Global Blue Nosers, the podcast about everyday people around the world whose lives have been shaped by the province of Nova Scotia. I'm your host, Sean Meister, and today I'm being joined by a, a fellow Acadia alumnus. So right away, this episode is starting on the right foot. He's even wearing an Acadia shirt, which is exactly what I wanted to see. Uh, Mike Kennedy is many things. He's uh, Chief Financial Officer for the City of Rossland in Southern uh, British Columbia, He's an award-winning CPA and finance professional. He's a former lecturer at Acadia University. Good choice of a place to lecture. He's passionate about social impact and social enterprise. He is someone who gets deeply, gets deeply involved in his community and authentically wants to support and boost those around him. That's something I've heard about Mike over the years. And of course, he's a deeply passionate blue noser who, joins the, who joined the ranks of being an expat just about two years ago. So it is uh, an absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show, Mike, and for uh, taking the time to be here with me today. I am super pumped to join you, Sean. Uh, and I think because this is a Blue Nose podcast, uh, let's talk about the weather, get it out of the way first. Mandatory 10 minutes. How is it in Halifax or how's it in Nova Scotia today? So it uh, it was it's pretty classic. So it started uh, a little bit overcast. It went really sunny, and I think it's going cloudy again. So we're we're going you know the back and forth, but it's you know it's it's classic spring in Nova Scotia right now. Like some days I'm getting like eighteen, nineteen degrees. Other days it's like four with rain. So uh, so yeah. So what about what about for you? What's it like in in BC right now? Uh, looking pretty good today. Uh, I got a beautiful view of Mount Roberts in uh, Roslyn, BC. Sun shining uh, shining down on it, and uh, snows gradually melting away here but uh yeah overall uh yeah heading into kind of mountain bike season making that quick transition from ski season all is good nice yeah no it's uh you you know it's a nova scotian on the line when the first question is about weather that's that's classic and the the i, I told you before we hit record on this i've got road construction going on in front of my house which is also classic nova scotia spring so it feels i'm feeling very you know patriotic right now yeah either either spring or there's an election coming up so uh that's great Oh, uh, no, that's awesome. So, all right. So before, uh, before we did the episode, you sent uh, your bio over to me and I was reading it. And usually I start this off by asking people to tell their story in their own words. And I'm going to ask you to do that. But I, I, I actually have to jump to something that immediately popped out to me. Uh, it said in your bio, you used to own a bacon sandwich shop on the Halifax waterfront. So I don't have a question. I just want to leave empty space for you to tell me everything about that oh boy uh so gosh that was uh, north of 10 years ago now uh, an idea kind of hatched on a on a long run uh with uh with a buddy um we were talking about st lawrence st lawrence market in toronto and like they have these just bombs of bacon um it's called carousel bakery um just a, just a bomb of pea meal bacon on a bun and you're in the middle of a run uh you're thinking about food and next thing you know like a couple of rums later we've got uh, an rfp response into uh, uh halifax waterfront for uh, the launch of canadian bacon cookhouse or uh, the cbc we sold um five different types of bacon sandwiches each of them had three types of bacon on them 
uh, had sandwiches called uh, Simply Delicious. That was uh, dill pickle themed, dill pickle chips on there. Uh, some garlic mayo, each cheddar. We had the hangover. Uh, each sandwich, you have three types of bacon. We had back bacon, pea meal bacon, and uh, um, and then your traditional belly bacon. And we also sold chocolate covered bacon on a stick. Uh, two really fun years on the Halifax waterfront. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we met our demise uh, and, and faced the apocalypse uh, after after two years uh, of that restaurant. But uh, yeah. Learned a lot about bacon, uh, gained about 15 pounds during the R&D phase, and I think just kind of leveling back off to, to ideal fighting weight now after kind of 10 years. I I mean, I absolutely love that. I mean, first of all, I'm incredibly disappointed that I never got a chance to to try it because as you're saying that, it's, it's lunchtime for me in Nova Scotia right now, so I'm actually already hungry, and there seems to be a theme food comes up on this podcast all the time so it seemed appropriate so i'm i'm really mad that i didn't get to so when i'm when i'm out in bc next i'm i'm just going to put it right there like you're going to have to break out one of those recipes for me because that sounds amazing yep paying the time let's do it <laughs> awesome all right so that's out of the way my curiosity is satisfied but you know with that intro i it was obviously super surface level to introduce who, who you are so this is where I'd, I'd like you to kind of give me your your journey, like so a bit of your life story uh, in your own words. What's What's been the story for you from, you know, early days in, in Nova Scotia through to where you are now out in BC? Yeah, sure. So uh, born in Kentville, raised in Porter's Lake, Nova Scotia, which is about half an hour uh, outside of Halifax. Um and I, I guess, yeah, life would have been shaped uh, early on by uh, by my mom, who is just like an incredible community volunteer, just taught the importance of giving back in uh, into community. Um, found my way to Acadia University um, after uh, after high school, um, where yeah, just that message of kind of community spirit, giving back, getting involved in your community, um, and and trying to punch a little bit above your weight uh, was was just reinforced kind of left, right, and center uh, while I was at Acadia. Had some incredible profs um, and uh, and exposure to just kind of just big thinking that I was really lucky to uh, to experience. Um, somehow, like I think, I think most of us growing up in rural Nova Scotia, like we followed that path, like from an early age where you're introduced to the world of like chartered accountancy as like what you aspire to. Uh, uh, kind of yet yeah, most most folks are given a hockey stick early. I got a, a calculator um, and ended up following that path. Um, I had an amazing professor called Ian Hutchinson um, who just yeah, believed in me, um, kind of instilled uh, um, some some big dreams in me, uh, and, and supported me going through the, the kind of chartered accountant now uh, chartered professional accountant route. Uh, so I found my way um, out to Calgary for a few years, working with uh, Deloitte, doing the traditional CPA thing. Um, was brought back to um, to Halifax, uh, still working with Deloitte, and, and from there, kind of, yeah, the adventure, uh, the adventure kind of blew up um, uh, into all kinds of fun stuff, from some like entrepreneurial dabbling with a, a bacon uh, restaurant or a floating golf green in a Halifax harbor, uh, to working with provincial government on kind of everything from uh, health. Uh, to uh, the the back end of the Ivanier report in, in more of a policy role. Uh, then found myself uh, at Acadia University for the last uh, about five years before I moved out west uh, teaching undergrad accounting. So everything from uh, intro to accounting to three-hour auditing course on a Monday night, which I'm sure uh, was thrilling for for all involved and just trying to have fun along the way. Um, lots of 
you know, volunteering kind of in and around there, East Coast Music Association, Acadia Alumni Association, like Hope Blooms, um, really got to know community really well um, through that. And uh, yeah, the last, I guess, two and a half years, I've lived in Roslyn, BC, kind of a pandemic move out this way, um, but still have maintained my connection uh, to, to Nova Scotia. Yeah, no, and I remember uh, seeing on LinkedIn when you made the announcement that you're that you're moving out to BC, and it was you know for those of us that have been following you, you you've been posting about Acadia and everything there, and it had been really fun to watch. So like, I'll be honest, like it actually totally took me by surprise when I saw that you were you were making the move out west. So you know how you've already you know you've done the the expat thing before going to Calgary and stuff like that, but. For, for this move, you know, like how, uh, how has it been going so far? And, you know, what was it, what was it like leading up to making that decision to say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the trigger and, and make that move. Uh, so super, super tough decision for sure. Um, I think it, it was like mid pandemic. I was teaching online, uh, not able to, to get a lot of the joy that came with teaching at that small uh, campus with day-to-day interactions with students um roslyn has an incredible outdoor scene um uh, you can ski all winter long and then within kind of two weeks when the snow melts you're you're out on your bike or road trail running so incredibly appealing uh, uh from from that end uh when the move initially started was still able to, to kind of teach uh teach online so had a little bit of the best of both worlds um and then subsequently uh the the, the role of chief financial officer for our tiny municipality of about four thousand people came up uh threw my hat in the ring uh kind of i tended in my career to follow a little bit of uh, like serendipity and, and that role's been really incredible um getting to, to kind of know the nuts and bolts of community and really bringing together kind of an eclectic skill set i've accumulated over the years of a little bit of finance uh some academia um interest in public policy and, and getting to have a lot of fun on everything from doing some really innovative work on like natural asset accounting uh, through to fielding uh, phone calls from residents who are mad that a bear got into their garbage. So it's, it's like a little bit of everything. Yeah. I mean, so my, my, my background was actually in, uh, was in politics, like political science and stuff like that. So I did sort of business and political science, but so I'm kind of curious because you've done some stuff with the provincial government here and now, you, now you're out there. So what's, you know, how are you feeling about working at sort of that local government level, the municipal level? How how is that compared to some of the other things you've done in in politics over the year in government? I'd, I'd say it's probably the most connected I've I've felt to um, uh, kind of impact. Like I think at Acadia it was a different different type of impact. Love the like mentoring students and whatnot. With this, it's it's everything from getting a chance to work on some pretty cool stuff provincially and and nationally on kind of the impact accounting side of things all the way through to literally someone will walk into city hall and I'm kind of sometimes the, uh, meandering around the, the front desk and I'm the first line of defense when someone's recycling hasn't gotten picked up or, um, uh, they have kind of an idea for like a community event. It, you're, you're really connected and with a small shop where about 30 people total, um, you can be directly involved with making things happen super quickly. Um, and, and you see the day-to-day uh, and, and can impact the day-to-day lives of people in, in like a really uh, tangible way. Yeah, and it's interesting. You mentioned the sort of that idea of community and, and you know, for both of us, you know, we were at Acadia at the same time. And um, I think most of our universities in Nova Scotia have this feel to it, but there's, there's a real community involvement feel to Acadia um that sense of that you you know you're part of the town you're you're part of the community you don't live out in a bubble so you know was that 
was that a big part for you in terms of building that sense of that desire to give back uh, was going through that that time in at Acadia? Absolutely. Yeah, you were it was always kind of you were uh, uh, like a big fish in a small pond in almost any area you were you were working in, uh, uh, whether you were involved with like the Acadia's Business Society or um, like outdoor adventure, you were instantly kind of thrust into a bigger role than you'd, you'd probably get if you were uh, going to a, like a bigger institution. Um, and the canvas was so small. Uh, There's an amazing economics prof uh, called Maurice Tugwell, who's a, an Acadia legend. And uh, we used to say that Acadia kind of operated on Tugwell time, where if you're trying to, if there's like a 200 meter walk from one side of campus to the other, you had to budget 20 minutes because you were going to stop and talk to uh, just like heaps of folks uh, on your journey. Um, and you just naturally, you're, you get to know folks in the town uh, across departments uh, really quickly. And uh, you just, uh, yeah, so many opportunities present themselves. Everybody knew Tugwell. Every, you didn't have to, you didn't have to do economics to know, to know him. So that's uh yeah, no, it's that, that campus. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I think, I don't know for you, you know, you, you grew up in Porters. Like I grew up in New Ross, which, you know, very small and everything. And, you know, going to Wolfville and going to Acadia, that was, that was the, biggest community I'd ever seen I was just I remember I always joke I got blown away going to Wolfville because I was like there's a subway restaurant this is I've hit the big times now and I've never looking back on that I've never felt more small town than the feeling I got when I got to Wolfville but you know that that was a really trans like Acadia I feel like especially for for those of us who went there like, that place had a lot of impact and I really feel like that that experience, I carried it with me so much as I went out and lived elsewhere. Um, like, do you, do you, I don't know if you're the same as me. Do you like kind of feel Acadia in you like all the time, even still now, it seems like forever ago now, but it still feels like it's right there as part of who I am. Oh, it's, it's amazing. I, I, you were joking about my, my wardrobe, uh, kind of earlier about half of my wardrobe is still kind of Acadia paraphernalia. <laughs> uh, I think of it, like, it absolutely. It, uh, the, the people I met through that, whether it was uh, former students or um, profs that I had, uh, just just feel like family and are still very much involved in day to day life. Did my day to day life? Uh, um, they're the the folks I'm in contact with super regularly, and um, and just really shaped I think kind of who who it was. It like and for so many people, um, perhaps coming from a small town to Wolfville, it instills in you this just incredible magical confidence that um, that you can kind of compete with uh, and, and and hold your own with like the best in the world. Um, and, and that comes from just that kind of push and quiet confidence that's instilled in you by by the community there. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Well, and so since you've moved out, out west, have you uh, have you come across any other uh, Acadia grads or Nova Scotians sort of uh, where you are now? Uh, it's really funny. So we're in Roslyn's this tiny ski town in the middle of nowhere. Um, uh, yeah, you're seven hour drive from Calgary, six hours to Vancouver. Uh, the number of folks who know about Red Mountain are, are kind of local, local ski hills, incredible. And um, so the number of former students who People like shoot you a text like, "Hey, like I'm I'm coming to spend the the summer at Red, or like I'm, we're bopping through for a ski vacation. Uh, uh, willing to look you up is uh, yeah, it's it's pretty wild." Yeah, I, I always love that, you know, getting the the connections to either Acadia or home when I was living away. It was always like a little injection of home whenever I'd hear from somebody or bump into somebody. It's it's pretty important I found to the to that expat life. Yeah, absolutely. 
so you mentioned this earlier, and I I took note of this when I was looking at some of the stuff you had worked on. But I mean, you know, working on sort of the back end of the the One Nova Scotia coalition, the the now or never, or everyone calls it the Ivany Report, um, and I especially call it the Ivany Report because of the Acadia connection. Um, but you know that. I remember when when that report came out, that was a huge deal for everyone in the province, but it was also a huge thing for the expat community and sort of everyone watching Nova Scotia from afar to be like, okay, this is something different. So, you know, for you having done what you did and now looking as we move along and it's been an interesting few years of growth for the province, how, how do you feel that we're doing as a province in relation to those goals and that vision that came out of uh, Now or Never? Throw back to that memory lane. I, th- I think on a few, a few that jump out is uh, would would certainly be on just youth and, and university student retention. It just seemed to be knocking it out of the park. And I think, um, whereas maybe even when I started at Acadia uh, teaching uh, seven or eight years ago, my my kind of default recommendation to someone who wanted to um, start their career in a fast paced. Uh, um, world class uh, environment. I'd, I'd push them to go to Toronto or New York. And as my five years at Acadia kind of went on, even in that period, it was the default option was kind of you're not you may not do any better than Halifax. There's just just incredible uh, work happening in ocean sector, tech sector, um, some super cool um, consumer packaged goods stuff uh, like ag tech, like yeah un- unreal opportunities there that, that that seem to emerge have emerged super quickly to like a level of international prominence i think the the undercurrent of talent was always there but but now maybe a bit of uh, uh, a bit more like bravado and, and pride in it um yeah 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 it's it's been it's been an interesting you know journey from that time to where we are now like these past few years during covid was quite a quite a transformative time for the province so it's it's interesting to look back on that and i i mean i think the retention piece for sure when i graduated the default was leave and now the default is stay like that's that's a that is a ridiculous turnaround in a very short period of time yeah and just just some awesome stuff at the at the community level one of the one of the neat things i would have been involved on uh, more of the implementation uh, side of that from um, government's perspective and got to meet just tons of uh, community groups from across the province and, and seeing uh, in many instances what were germs of idea germs of ideas at, at that stage now uh, turning into um, uh, initiatives that are having a global reach like everything from mm-hmm. um, some neat stuff that like uh, new dawn enterprises is doing uh, on uh, as like a just an unbelievable social enterprise in their community to uh, like life host school uh, being operated out of um, uh, picto county um, this is kind of a folk school that, that steals roots from um, some of the work Moses Cody would have done um, uh, ages ago. Just yeah, incredible stuff from world-leading tech to really neat models for communities to to sustain themselves. Yeah, definitely. So you know, earlier on, I mean, we we you know, I, I had the the first question about your your entrepreneurial journey in the bacon shop, but like. You've been involved in in entrepreneurship and, and community for for quite a while. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, when you look at just the 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 journey of entrepreneurship, um, what do you think? What do you think it is about being like from Nova Scotia or living in Nova Scotia that that strengthens the 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 idea of entrepreneurship? What do you think that adds into to to folks that are going into that uh, you know down that road? Uh, I think by nature uh, and, and and weather almost there's like this like bootstrappy kind of scrappy uh, nature um, uh, that you're you're, yeah, you're used to facing kind of adversity 
like uh, usually in the form of like seven months a year of winter that kind of translates over uh, um, uh, into just kind of a scrappiness and um, uh, a need to be connected with your community to to bring ideas to life. It, it's so small. Like uh, uh, we always used to joke that you're always kind of free calls away from like a premier or the CEO of a company. Uh, and the number of times that that proved to be true, where you're working on an idea and you pick up the phone and say, yeah, kind of, uh, uh, can you put me in touch with this deputy minister? I need to learn more about this permitting process or like uh, we, we were involved with this organization um, called the Halifax Awesome Foundation. Um, and at one point we wanted to have a tugboat tug of war uh, between Halifax and Dartmouth. So literally like a tug of war tugging a tugboat um, uh, two teams, one from Halifax, one from Dartmouth, and to determine which was obviously the greatest side uh, of the harbor. And uh, the problem that we encountered in that was that uh, no one involved in that conversation over beers had a tugboat. And like literally the next day, you're talking to the Navy, uh, and, like through like, a connection that was made. And the next week, you're kind of in a boardroom. Uh, okay, how many tugboats do you need? And then like a month later, you're having a tugboat tug of war on the Halifax waterfront. Like you can do crazy things like that, or get access to, uh, maybe for more practical things, um, like the access to a CEO who's got connections around the world or, um, uh, an amazing team that can uh, help you kind of, uh, work through ideas. So pretty neat that just that tight connectedness and, and sense of community and, and just what everything allows you to get things done really quickly. Yeah. I, can I just say that I don't think I've heard something more Nova Scotian than developing an idea over drinks to have a water-based tug of war with a tugboat with Halifax versus Dartmouth. Like that, that could only come from something in Nova Scotia. Yeah, pretty, pretty Nova Scotian thing there. We were initially uh, going to try to have a t like a literal tug of war between Halifax and Dartmouth, but uh, ran into uh, a number of issues uh, with, with physics and then um, causing major interruptions to an international uh, shipping lane. So tug of, <laughs> tug of war was like a pretty good compromise and, and tons of fun. Yeah. Yeah, gotta gotta love feeding the the rivalry between Halifax and Dartmouth. You just gotta keep doing that as much as possible. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, well, and so you you said about sort of that 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 scrappiness, that desire to to bootstrap and everything like that. I'm kind of curious with you having worked at, in the post secondary world. Do you think that when say somebody comes to Acadia or Dow or SMU or whatever from away, and they spend their four years in Nova Scotia? Do you think they would take on some of that that sort of inherent Nova Scotian quality of like sort of becoming a little bit of that like us against them, a little bit of that scrappiness, is, or is that something uniquely Nova Scotian? Like I, I've always been curious about that. Yeah, I think the like we can speak mostly to Acadia. Uh, the first time I worked, uh, um, yeah, outside of Nova Scotia, like I would have worked in Calgary, spent a bunch of time in Toronto. And there's this like kind of intimidation factor, almost like imposter syndrome where you're going to the big city and you're just this kid from Porter's Lake, went to this tiny university. And then really quickly you realize that you've been kind of trained uh, as a bit of a superhero. Um, like you, I, I think like uh, in terms of um, traditional uh, academic stuff, like you've got the chops there, um, but there's this superpower of just caring about people and uh like the informal nature of, of acadia and, and like our, our university scene just you you end up building really tightly knit relationships you have networks that you can draw from and you just genuinely care about others you're it's it's so small that you kind of have to have um kind of uh 
um, like other people on your mind and in, in, in everything you're doing and you're, you're not able to kind of hide behind being a, a number and kind of a commodity. Um, and that, that hundred percent like uh, uh, stuck with me and, and for, for students just seeing like, I, don't, I think the best example I could think of is like, you go to Acadia uh, and there's like reasonable odds that like by the time you're in your fourth year, you're like babysitting one of your profs from <laughs> first year's kids. Like where, where else does that happen? Yeah. 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 It's uh, it, I always found it interesting when I was living out in Calgary, I'd meet say a, a, another Acadia grad or something. And I'd be like, Oh, like where did you grow up in Nova Scotia? And they're like, Oh no. Like they're like, I'm, I'm from Mississauga. And I'm just like, it's it's it they almost started to take on it they took on that identity of sort of that 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 small town that the feel that is nova scotian and it it was it would stick with them i'd be talking to them like five ten years later and i'm still getting i'm still thinking that they're nova scotian and they yeah they grew up in the gta or something like that it's wild like like i've been at a raptors game and probably wearing the same acadia hoodie i am now and someone's like from like several like uh sections over it's like acadia uh never met them before like run over like <laughs> big big bear hugger like i was on a hike on a hike and um just outside of glasgow scotland this awesome hike called the cobbler get to the top of it there is no one like it is uh kind of fogged in and i look over and see uh someone with an x ring and you just start chirping them. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's like, a, it's a, I think, yeah, you have to have to have experienced it to get it just like that tight knit sense of uh, um, the community and, and camaraderie that comes from being in a tiny spot, um, getting to know everyone and uh, just kind of growing together. Yeah. Well, so kind of building off of that, that, that idea of sort of the, the connectedness and, and the whole point of, you know, the, the, this podcast is really, you know, shine, shine a light on the folks that have, have gone out into the world. And, and I'm a big believer that that community beyond our borders is, has massive potential for the, for the province and, and for the people still here in the province. So, I mean, you've got a pretty interesting background in terms of what you've done and the perspectives you've had. So like, when you think about, sort of a, a community of Global Blue Nosers, a community of Nova Scotians that either from here had an affiliation with our universities or whatever. Like when you think of a, a community full of yous, like what do you think living all around the world, what, what potential do you think that offers to a province of the size of Nova Scotia or the identity of Nova Scotia? I, yeah, I think it's just an extension of that community spirit. Um, and it's a global network of folks who their default, uh, uh, their default um, would be to ask, like, how can I help? So whether that's, do you know someone in, in this area or this industry? Um, can you put me in touch? Or uh, I think even by, you end up in definitely like a reverse, like in kind of like a cheerleader role where I don't know if like if we end up with um, um, like a, a Nova Scotia product on on the shelves here, like not, not unlike yourself, like you become this like uh, evangelist about whatever whatever product uh, it might be. Like when made with local bars, like hit our hit our local shelves here. I'm going to be buying a ton of them and and, and <laughs> preaching like preaching that uh, that CBG uh, story or, yeah. or and just sharing stories from from home uh, is, is is the default to um, connect people to Nova Scotia, but then help those that are that are there looking to to work with Nova Scotians. Uh, just becomes kind of second nature. Yeah. Do you find people uh, out in BC have a curiosity about, you know, traveling out this way and, and exploring Nova Scotia? Definitely. Uh, it, it is really funny that, that when folks out this way are talking about going east, they're they're referring to Toronto or Montreal. 
and you have to put in some corrective uh some corrective measures yeah. there for sure um def definitely an intrigue uh, and, and obviously anytime you get a chance to kind of push them that extra little uh a uh, bit further to book a, a plane ticket you you go for it yeah yeah Definitely. Um, so I'm, I'm going to get into some some lighter questions here pretty soon. I'm going, but you know the the one thing I'm always curious about hearing from folks, and and it's not an easy question to to always put into words, but you know, for you going through your life to this point, what do you think the impact of of being in Nova Scotia has had on your life? Like, what is the impact that Nova Scotia has on you, um, and and what does it mean to you to be to be from this place? Hmm. It hits in a, in a few different ways. I think the we all walk around with kind of a theme song kind of playing in our head and, and, and music like deeply shapes who we are in our lives. Uh, for me, I almost, there's, there's like, there's like that undercurrent of, of just Nova Scotia kind of music that uh, you're walking around, whether you like it or not, you're, you're inherently like uh, being fueled by the Rankin family or, or Matt Mays or, uh, you name it is, is kind of running through your blood and coursing through your veins and, and um, just that vibrant, uh, like that sense of vibrance that, that kind of shows up in the world. Um, and then just that deep kind of connectedness uh, and caring for community um, with a really, I think, strong, strong roots in, in social justice from anyone from like Moses Cody to Alexa McDonough to Rocky Jones. Like we, we have a ton of, uh, of really great examples there that, um, uh, kind of have for, for me anyway, like pushing me to, to always ask bigger questions about like, what can I do to make this better? Um, and, and how can I like support my community? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying there. It's one of those things that I, I always found I, and I still do now it's, it's when I look at the the history of Nova Scotia, I look at the history of the people that are, that have come from here or here now, it's, you almost feel this, this, uh, obligation to keep working hard to do good things. Um, and and to to do good for others and i i know that you know i i want to believe that's sort of a, a human quality but i just there's something about the maritimes and nova scotia in particular like i feel like that really defines defines us as a, as a people yeah I don't, like we grew up like pretty modest my mom like uh, i think like incredible role model like um only when we were hardly making ends meet she would find a few extra bucks to like bake bread for the person down the street who had just like lost uh lost a loved one or um mm -hmm. yeah kind of found an hour or two when she was already working uh working her buns off to support like my sister and i to uh to turn up at like a at a fundraiser to to help out um you just yeah you're just like a sense of deep kind of obligation to to care about those around you and even when maybe you don't necessarily have the have any business doing it uh in terms of what time or resources you have you just that is a priority and that never goes away. Yeah. hundred percent. So, okay. So now I promise lighter, let's go lighter. So, um, anyone that, that knows you or follows you on LinkedIn or, or anywhere else knows that you're, you're an adventurer, you love to get outside. So, um, thinking about back here in Nova Scotia, if you're giving some tips to people to come out here and have, have some adventures to get outside and enjoy everything that this province is, what are, what are some of the tips and advice and places you're telling them to go? Okay. So full type two adventure mode, I'd say there'd be two that, that come up for me. Um, one of them would be, uh, just biking the Cabot trail, uh, 297 kilometers long, uh, an insane amount of elevation and for most of it feels like you're either like riding or, or driving in a in a car commercial just beautiful hugging the coastline 
um, kind of weaving in and out of these incredible river valleys, uh, just like some insanely steep hills that feel like they were designed by like the co-op student who uh, who they gave the keys to the dozer uh, of at times. <laughs> just just absolutely incredible. Like you could do that over the course of three days uh, if you're really ambitious and, and maybe a bit. Uh, uh, a bit of a goof. You do it in one day. Um, you can do that. It takes about 16 hours uh, with with some appropriate stops uh, along the way for for caffeine and carbs. Um, highly recommend that. Yep. Set up shop in Bedeck. Uh, get up before sunrise and bike until the sun goes down, and, and then end up at the uh, the Inverary for uh, for a pint to celebrate and, and recuperate. Or you could do it over several days um, and make a make a trip of it. Great food, like amazing people uh, along the way. Um, type two option number two would be uh, Cape Chignecto. Um, little off the beaten path, you'd be about three hours, I think, outside of Halifax. Um, it's a 47 kilometer hike uh, along. Uh, it's just a very rugged coastline. Um, you can do it in a day. Uh, again, <laughs> maybe not the best idea. Uh, you're pretty, pretty haggard by the end, uh, pretty covered in mud. And there's this amazing restaurant called the Wild Caraway that uh, you need to time uh, both the tides and when that's open to to kind of end up there at the end of the day. You kind of walk in this beautiful restaurant serving uh, serving super tasty food and a little bit of a, like uh, dressed like a swamp monster, but uh, food has <laughs> never tasted as good as when you've been kind of running or uh, speed hiking for uh, ten to twelve hours. Um, but you can also do that over the course of a couple of days. So two kind of um, yeah, bucket list things if you're into type two fun, which isn't necessarily that much fun when you're doing it, but results in in some good uh, stories after the fact. Yeah, so, so I'm assuming you've done both of those then. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Cabot Trail, I've biked it uh, both clockwise and counterclockwise uh, in a day. Uh, and Chignecto, yeah, a couple, couple times uh, scooting around that. Pretty fun. You're an animal, Mike. It, 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 it hurts for me to get out of my office chair. It's... Uh... <laughs> And you're and you're biking the Cabot Trail. That's that's crazy. That was that was in my youth, but uh, yeah, highly, highly, <laughs> highly recommend. Yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah, you got yeah people honking, yeah, honking and, and urging on the whole way. So pretty fun. Nice. Uh, any uh, if you were to to do sort of a maybe a a, a less let less sort of high high energy type thing, if you wanted to just like get out for a, for a Saturday afternoon and just sort of explore the province a little bit. Where, where are some of the places that you like to kind of like set up shop or, or just go and visit uh, around the place? Yeah, I love, um, I like obviously like, uh, Wolfville and, and Annapolis Valley area. There's some really accessible hikes. Um, uh, my sister actually runs a, like a hike, uh, guiding company. Um, she take you to, um, like Blomidon, um, oh, nice. the provincial park there, just like, unbelievable right on the bay of fundy so world's highest tides uh you'll go from um uh um you have like a, a kind of sea level that that changes really quickly um up to some incredible kind of views out over um like uh, uh cape split and blomidon um, so highly recommend uh yeah kind of the wolfville area lots of hikes in and and uh and around that area and then lots of tasty places to, to grab a bite to eat then love the zoe shore too like you can't beat uh just uh, uh, trekking along um, uh, Lunenburg kind of waterfront and uh, taking everything in there. And then uh, Halifax waterfront, special place in my heart for sure. Just amazing spot to uh, just meander the boardwalk and make your way all the way over to, to Point Pleasant Park where you've got this little oasis um, just a few uh, minutes outside of the, the downtown core. Uh, pretty lucky there. Yeah, no, that, I, I totally agree with all that. So um yeah. So then another, another big thing. So, I mean, when we were messaging about this, this episode, you'd said you just gotten your, uh, just us coffee order. Uh, and, uh, you mentioned me with local bars there. So, I mean, 
I, I, I talk about this with everyone now on the show is food is such a huge part of, of being an expat, like thinking back to like either the products you want to buy off the shelf or restaurants you like. So, you know, what are some of the things, uh, some of the food and drink that maybe you're, you're, you're missing from home or maybe that you're really happy that you're still able to get access to? Like what, what are some of the, the flavors at home that you love? Uh, for me, oh boy, the, uh, yeah, I regularly order coffee uh, direct from um, both Just Dust I uh, love the like breaking the silence, uh, uh, darker roast and then Java blend, uh, the dark mm-hmm. Aztec roast there, uh, is just yeah, fuel for mischief. And, and I love that. So I still order that regularly. Um, I'd say the thing that I would miss most and is usually one of those like hop to it as soon as you're, uh, uh back in town would be, uh, the canteen restaurant in, in Dartmouth. Um, uh, they have a crobster roll that is unreal um yeah you gotta you gotta get there and and get that right away and the the restaurant's just run by uh, a couple of incredible uh um renee and doug just like incredible um uh community members and and they happen to make some pretty amazing uh, uh tasty treats as well I I hear so much good about the canteen and I haven't I haven't gotten over there yet which I I really need need to do I actually when I I biked across Canada a few years uh and it was uh for a sandwich from the canteen see I I started the ride and I had this coupon that expired uh uh kind of at uh had 45 days to get home and the mission was to get home before that coupon expired to get a sandwich from the canteen and it was 100% worth it that that is dedication. Oh, so I think people are definitely going to be going there when they hear that. Um, I I, I got to park a minute for Just Us though. So I think that's that's a place that's pretty special to anyone that went to Acadia. I remember. So you know, for us, probably that that's when Just Us was really starting to to come, mm-hmm. you know, become a thing when when we were going to Acadia and. It was really fascinating to watch because I remember at that time I was like, "What the hell is fair trade coffee?" Mm-hmm. And like they they seem to really be at least in Nova Scotia like some of the first to really get to that like look you know ethically sourced coffee and and really just show a bunch of university kids that needed caffeine so badly that you didn't have to just get Timmy's like you could buy from somebody local like you know how how embedded is just us into your soul all all the things like i mean it's like literally embedded into my veins right now i'm about uh four <laughs> four, four cups deep uh uh into it this morning but just that you could run a business that cares deeply about its people and its community locally and cares about its entire supply chain like that was mind-blowing and it happened uh, like a stone's throw from where he went to school. Uh, the founding, uh, the founder was actually a, a prof at Acadia who kind of took this like passion for social justice and turned it into like an incredible business model. And, and I'd, I'd hold that up as in terms of uh, uh, like cooperatives as uh, uh, one of the most amazing um, business models I've ever come across with, with a fair amount of exposure to that field uh, in the years since Acadia. It's, uh, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I think, I think really goes to show like where some of the, some of the secret, you know, sort of the superpower of, of businesses that start in rural communities. Like I really feel like that, that, cause that was way ahead of its time, but like that was something that they, I think it, it bubbled out of just what Wolfville was and, and who the, the people were. Cause like, yeah, that, that was totally ahead of its time for, especially in, in, in Nova Scotia. But I think across the board, like you just didn't see that, like where the supply chain mattered, not just the end product. 
Yeah. And it's resulted in a robust, like sustainable business. And they haven't been subject to supply chain shocks when you're cutting corners and trying to cut costs. Like you build deep relationships with people and you care about what's happening from uh, all the way, uh, all the way across your supply chain, your value chain. Yeah. Yeah. So as, as everyone listening can tell, we're saying go onto the just us website, which I'm going to link to in the, in the, in the show notes and grab some coffee because it is amazing. Um, but okay. So you've been super generous with your time, Mike. So last question I ask everybody is the, the 24 hours in Nova Scotia question. So you've got 24 hours in and out back home. Uh, what is your perfect 24 hours in Nova Scotia? Okay. At 5.15 in the morning, you're on, uh, you're at Timmy's on Quinpool. You've got your road bike and you've got uh, Dave Culligan uh, next to you on a road bike. Uh, sun's just coming up. Um, you peel out uh, on your bike around the rotary towards Herring Cove, um, catch the sunrise over the water, nice slick little hilly uh, hilly jaunt to wake up the legs. Um, you, on your way back into town, you stop at Pavia in Herring Cove. Uh, amazing. It, hopefully like Chris is there to, uh, to total character, the owner, incredible community guy. Uh, hopefully um, it's waffle day. So grab some coffee waffles there, make your way back into town. Um, next coffee uh, happens at, uh, at uncommon grounds. You grab coffee in a frittata bagel and, and head out for a lap of like point pleasant park with, with some friends budget double the time. Cause you're going to run into tons of people, you know, and, uh, and, and do some catch ups there. Be really great. Um, then you are heading uh, to Java blend to grab another coffee and, um, walking across the bridge uh, from Halifax to Dartmouth and then taking um, the ferry from Dartmouth back to Halifax after like a little meander around downtown Dartmouth, uh, arguably the best uh, tourist cruise in the world for under $3. Um, yeah, amazing. Got to do the ferry. Um, before you've departed Dartmouth, grab that Crowster sandwich at, uh, at the canteen and, uh, and maybe take one for the road too. Uh, super, super tasty. Um, then you're booking it to, to Wolfville, I think, to spend the afternoon. Um, Sneaking in a hike at Blomidon or uh, um, at Cape Split, maybe enjoying a little bit of uh, uh, like a sunset meal at uh, at Lightfoot and Wolfville. Or ideally, there's mm-hmm. just like it's just a huge kick-ass like friend wedding happening somewhere um, uh, where there's uh, just yeah foot stomping, dancing, big feast of scallops and and fiddleheads, and then just yeah kind of dancing uh, well into the evening. Uh, listening uh maybe there's like a the ultimate kind of nova scotia uh music fest where like matt mays and adam baldwin and sloan and the rankins and joel plaska just like happen to be kind of in the area playing a wedding um and then uh yeah i'd love to end up um my, my good friend colette uh uh just started a, a spot called the august host a tiny little boutique hall um hotel in uh in windsor that that hosts kind of smaller weddings and and they've redone this incredible kind of bed and breakfast uh yeah end up in a comfy bed there uh, probably pretty late and then, uh, get up and do it all over again. Maybe throwing in, uh, uh, uh I don't know how you'd get the slice from KOD or, or Meza <laughs> to, uh, to the Valley, but, um, I'd, I'd throw that into the debate for, for best pizza. I, I literally have goosebumps thinking about that day. That, that sounds awesome. That is that, no, that is, uh, such a great way to, to sum up, a, the day for you. I, and I think that sounds awesome. Um, Look, look, Mike, I mean, I, I can't say how much I appreciate you doing this. Um, so, you know, one thing I, I'm a big believer in always making sure that, that, that people hear, hear good things. Uh, that's kind of part of my, my desire to have positivity in my life. And one thing I got to say about you is anyone I know that knows you 
the thing they say is that you're just a genuinely good guy, genuinely nice guy. And I think uh, it's that's your reputation here in the province. So the fact that you took the time out of your day early to come on here, talk to me about Nova Scotia and, and tell me about your story, um, just further reinforces that because you've been a big, big supporter of mine, big, big help to me when I've been looking for contacts around the province, going back to that sort of two degrees of separation from everything. Um, so I just, I just want to say thanks for everything uh, you've been doing for the province in, in the past and, and still do. Oh, thanks so much, Sean. Uh, yeah. And obviously if there's anyone in your network, I can kind of help in, in any way, feel free to reach out to uh, pop, uh, pop me out on LinkedIn there. Um, and to end maybe on the weather, uh, it is still sunny and maybe even a bit more sunny here in BC after chatting with you. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this good chance to yeah, reflect on all the great things about Nova Scotia. And it became overcast here. So classic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, thanks so much, Mike. I really appreciate it. I'm gonna I'm gonna link to Mike's uh, LinkedIn profile in the show notes as well. So if you're not connected with Mike, he's a great follow. So definitely uh, find him on there. And uh, when he says he's willing to help, that's that's a genuine offer. So Mike, again, thanks so much, buddy. I really appreciate it. Okay, make it a great day. I just went back and listened to the conversation that I had with Mike, which, by the way, was just like everything I've I've done so far for the show was a lot of fun. Um, Mike and I knew each other a little bit for when we were at Acadia, more so know him through uh, his friendship with my brother, which amazingly for once didn't come up in, in the conversation. But when I went back and listened to it, there's so much I could sort of, you know, dig into a little bit more because uh, Mike said a lot of really, really great stuff. But the thing that really stuck out to me was the idea of service. Uh, you see this when you when you dig into anything about Mike's life and you see just how much, you know, for what he has done is is about giving back and, and you know, being an active participant in serving his community. And that's something you really hear across the board from, from folks that um, not just grew up in Nova Scotia, but have, have had any amount of time living in Nova Scotia, is that idea of service to others. And that's, that's interesting. Uh, and I think there's a, that really comes to the core of one of the questions I've had over a little while is, you know, why is it that Nova Scotians are so involved in the province, even when they're living away? Uh, or why people that have sort of adopted Nova Scotia as a second home have the same sense of connection and identity and, and involvement when they're away from the province. And I really am thinking that the idea of service is something that, you know, I, I want to dig into a little bit more in my own life as I think about it. Because yeah, we're, when we're, when we're growing up here uh, or we're living here, being a, being an observer in your community isn't really an option. Uh, if the neighbors aren't, aren't guilting you uh, or your parents aren't making you do it, um, then you're just doing it by, by design, you know, being involved and giving back is, is critical to a, to a life in, in Nova Scotia and critical to being uh, a Nova Scotian, whether by birth or by choice. So I think that that probably plays a big part into why we're so active in the community back home in Nova Scotia when we're away. It's just, it's how we're raised. It's how we're built. So I, I, that really hit me as I listened to Mike talking. So I'm certainly not articulating it that well, but this is always one of those things. I record this, I listen, and I immediately just start talking. 
And that's the thing that really hit me. And I, I want to think about that more. So I want to thank Mike for, for bringing that up in just the way he was talking. Global Blue Nosers is a Some Good Media and Entertainment production. It's hosted, edited, produced by me, Sean Meister. Our theme song is I Must Sail Away from Lunenburg-based band Black Matilda. You can find the show on Instagram at Global Blue Nosers and on LinkedIn at the Global Blue Nosers podcast page. If you enjoyed the show, a five-star review would be awesome. Uh, And even more importantly, uh, send the episode link to a friend who might enjoy Mike's story. If you are a Global Blue Noser uh, who loves this province, why not send me an email and join me as a guest in a future episode? All my details are in the show notes below. Thanks again to Mike for telling us his story and sharing so many great things about Nova Scotia. And thank you for stopping by this week, and I'll see you hopefully again next week.